Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by just one of the boys today, Matt. Matt, it's, I would say it's been a minute since we've gotten to do some solo episodes, just me and you. But to be honest, we just, we just, we just recorded one, so I can't cap there. We just recorded one. <laughs> and I feel like we've done a couple to start the year. I know we did Fire Emblem Engage. We're talking about, no, no surprise here, talking about a Nintendo release. Uh, that, it's one that kind of got off to a tumultuous start, but I feel like the supply chain issues have kind of been figured out because the last time I went into Walmart, which was yesterday at this point, uh, there were actually plenty of copies of this game available for purchase. So we are talking about the Metroid Prime Remaster. Matt, you played the original. I'm assuming if you didn't, I'll be shocked. I'm not going to no, lie. I did. I did. Okay, good. I, I wouldn't have expected anything less. I was I would have been really worried if you would not because you're you're Mr. Nintendo in this podcast. So uh Matt, first of all, let's talk about when this game was announced because it pretty much got shadow dropped the day that it was revealed. It got shadow dropped digitally, and then they said a few weeks later it would release physically and you know, we'll get into the supply chain stuff and all that after. Uh, how excited were you for this? Because I was excited. I've never played the. Me- I've never played Metroid Prime. I've, I've only Metroid game I've ever played was Metroid Dread. I didn't love it. I, spoiler alert! I love this game a whole lot more. Uh, how excited were you for this when it got announced? Well, all things considering, for the past two and a half years, uh, these insiders have been teasing Metroid Prime trilogy coming to the Switch to get uh, people who have never experienced a Prime game or fans who have, but it's been so long since those came out, uh, to give them the chance to get caught up for the inevitable release of Metroid Prime 4. So, you know, every especially every video game awards that pass by, there's always these rumors that this is the night that it's going to get announced. I mean, Jeff Grubb said on Twitter, he was like, Metroid Prime Remaster is probably going to be announced before the end of the year. And if it doesn't, I'm going to shave my head. He shaves his head. And then literally two months later, Nintendo drops that direct. They drop that shadow drop with Metroid Prime. I was, I was watching the direct like in my empty room in the process of moving and they dropped that and I about dropped my phone because I was like, it's real. And that trailer showed up and I have like pretty good memory about how Metroid Prime on the GameCube is probably one of the best looking games at the time. It, it was up there because it, it, it was pushing the GameCube and yes. I was amazed with what they pulled off here on the Switch. Like... No, it, it's not in 4K. It's not like it's not comparable to what you see on the PlayStation 5 or even PlayStation 4. But the fact that I was seeing this for the first time and how good it looked, how clean it looked, like Retro Studios outdid their original vision. And I could not have been more happier with what we were with, what we got. Absolutely. You know, this 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 remaster is so good. It's had some people, it's created the discussion of is this a remaster or is it a remake? And I think that. Obviously, very clearly a remaster for a couple reasons. One, it says so on the box. <laughs> Just gonna, you know, that's 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 the first part. Um, and two, you know, it doesn't. I don't know, and Matt, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Or I don't feel like this has really added much to the original product of Metroid Prime. I feel like obviously it's enhanced it, better controls. It obviously performs yep. better visually, graphically, it's better. Um, but I think that that also goes to show that a game can be called a remaster and it be a very positive thing to say. 
when you call this game a remaster, th this is one of the best remasters in recent memory. I would say going back all the way to The Last of Us remaster on PS4. Like, this is probably one of the best remasters done of all time, and it looks fantastic on the Switch. One of the best-looking games on Switch, 100%. Runs really well. There's not very many performance glitches, performance bugs. It's a very clean game. And, Matt, the best part of all of this, before before we get into the game itself, despite the supply chain issues, bro, it was only $40. Yes. Only yeah, 40 bucks, man. Yep, that was an incredible, incredible decision. Because, I mean, you have uh, Kirby Deluxe that just came out for $60. That's a great comparison, yes. <laughs> and when you look at these two games, like, it is night and day. Like, Metroid Prime Remaster straight up looks like a current-gen at the Switch game, I'll say. And, like, they didn't really do all that much with Kirby. But, like, pricing it at $40 was was genius. And I think that it's not just because of the fact that... Um, I, I think one of the reasons why they, they did price it at 40 is Metroid is not one of Nintendo's biggest series. Like... Metroid Dread sold incredibly well for the franchise, but before that, like the highest selling game was Metroid Prime back on the GameCube. That's Not wild to think about, man, because I know people love Metroid. That is wild yeah. to think about. Yeah. So, yeah, when they announced it to me $40, I was like, you know what? I mean, I'm going to say this right now. I would have paid 60 for it. I'm I think so. I would have too. But I think that it could definitely have been justified at 60 especially if they're going to price Kirby at that much. <laughs> yeah, it definitely raises the eyebrows a little bit as far as, like, why was Kirby 60 Like Skyward yeah. Sword. Or Skyward Sword. Like, why were all these 60 Why did they draw the line at Metroid uh, to, for it to not be 60 Like, I would have 100% paid 60 for this. I think it's a great remaster, and it does everything a remaster is supposed to do. Um, obviously the biggest negative with this game, let, we're, we'll get this negative out of the way early just because we want to actually gush about this game because it's awesome. Um, obviously the, the launch was not a clean launch and that's putting it very mildly because a lot of people were told they would not get their copies. If you pre-ordered online through, you know, and this is just on the physical side of things. Digitally, the game released without a hitch. Of course it did. Uh, but if you pre-ordered like through Amazon or GameStop or you know Walmart or something like that, there were a lot of people that the day of release were getting emails and were getting updates saying like, "Hey, you're probably not getting your copy until uh, middle of March or the beginning of April." Like there were a lot of people that were fully expecting to not get their game until a month and a half or so, you know, past the release date, and I think that's absurd. Uh, I've given my story before of, you know, I pre-ordered physically from my GameStop here, went in person, and, you know, I I, I knew that it was going to be a hot commodity and that it was going to be really, really hard to get one of these physically right away. Seems like that is less so the case now because, again, at Walmart yesterday when I went, there was two full rows fully stocked in their cases of them, which I think is great. I love that it's widely available now. But... I did not get my copy until five days after the release, and my GameStop said they called me to tell me it was in. It, they 100% did not call me, and I've, I've, I've got proof that they didn't. And uh, who knows, if they had not called me, they told me when I called the first time asking about it that it was going to be the following week when I would get it. And then three days later, they got them in. So imagine, Matt, if I had not called 
there's a very real possibility my pre-order would have gotten sold. Yeah. And, and I, I would have been very, very upset about that uh, for sure. And, and after playing the game for the first time ever now, I would have been even more upset because this game is so damn good, Matt. Like, I have to ask, as someone who's played the original, uh, what was the first, like, holy shit, I'm back moment for you in this game? Oh, man, it's pretty much, for me, it is when you land on Talon 4, and, no, no, not Talon 4, it's when you land on the, on, on the space shuttle in the beginning of yes. the game, and Samus' ship lands, and then she, you know, rises up out of the ship, she, she jumps up, and then you get that first-person view from her visor, which, way back when we first saw this in the uh, in Metroid Prime on GameCube, it was just probably one of the most incredible things because nobody could have pictured Metroid being done in a first-person perspective because Metroid has always been a side-scroller. You know, that's where the like, Metroidvania-type genre came from, side-scrolling, fighting these items scattered across the map. Um, but that that was a big moment for me, and especially once you, uh, once you beat um, the, uh, the, the Parasite Queen... Ridley shows himself, and then oh my god, you you just know it's about to be a, a big adventure because you get in your you, Samus gets back in her ship and she flies off to Talon Four, chasing Ridley, and then that music kicks in, and Jesus Christ, it was just, just so nostalgic. It was so amazing just to experience that again, and like this new graph, like with these new graphics, I like. I, I wish I could erase my memory of that moment and get to experience it again. I agree. I, I, or at least I would agree if I had played the original. Absolutely. This, this, this game, I, I can see why this is considered one of the best games of all time now. I very much do get it now because, you know, this is the first game that popularized, or really, this is the first, one of the first examples of the Metroidvania genre. You know, that, that Metroid or Castlevania type genre where, you know, the map's pretty open. You can go just about wherever you want, but at some point you're going to hit a stopping point because you don't have a piece of equipment that you need to get through a barricade or to get through to the next area or to beat a certain enemy. Uh, and Matt, you know, we talked when we were playing it because you were helping me out through a lot of it. Uh, the concept of this game and its story is so simple. Yeah. It is very, very, it's literally just go find your gear. Find your gear, find these artifacts. That's that's pretty much, unless I'm missing something, and Matt, you feel free to tell me if I am. Like. It, it feels very simple, but you also kind of figure it, you pick it up really, really quickly. And, and the biggest negative in gameplay is, yeah, you sometimes you might get lost. You might not really know where to go. But, man, if you just explore around, you just, you know, you know, go through the entire map as far as you can go in every direction, eventually you'll figure out where you need to go. And then it's the most fun I've had in a while exploring a game. And I feel like that says some that says quite a bit that this game has stood up and withstood the test of when did this game first came out? What, what year did it first release? Um, I could be wrong, but I think it was around 2001. Like, you're talking about over two decades ago. If that was the year it came out, you're talking about over two decades ago. Like, that's impressive that this game has withstood the test of time like that. Yep. And um, it... It, it has not aged one bit. Like, I know a lot of people who have talked about they don't really like backtracking, but when it comes to Metroid, backtracking is, like, one of the big things because once you acquire a new item, you know, it's like you almost know instantly where to go. Plus, it did help with this uh, with this game. Um, the, 
you know, sometimes the map, you would have like a little uh, notification, you pull up the map and it would kind of indicate where you should go. But the game never really tells you where to go. Like, you know, you'll start off, um, once you land, you'll start off in like these ruins, the Chosa ruined area. And then you'll eventually find yourself, you know, going to the Magmore Caves, which are just like these caves and it's full of lava. And you're, you're going to see like all these areas you can't access, but you can just know that, you know, you're not in the right place right now. So, you know, you, that you need to backtrack and go find a specific um, upgrade. And one of my favorite one of my favorite things is like once you're in Magmore Caves and you're, you're, you keep going, you find an elevator that takes you to Financial Drifts, which is like this ice world. And God, the music is so beautiful. I, I, I just literally just stopped playing for a minute just to listen to it. And like. All the upgrades are not something that, you know, are just a waste of time. Every single upgrade is going to be used at some point. Like for me, I kept seeing I kept seeing the spider tracks and I'm just like, I know what I need, but I just don't know when I'm going to get it. <laughs> um, but to I did want to add something as far as to the story goes, where it's just like, you know, you land on Talon 4, you know, you got to find your upgrades and eventually find Ridley. But this Metroid Prime introduces the concept of something called Phazon, which is this kind of basically on Town 4, the space pirates are using Phazon to enhance like different creatures that are found on this planet and yes. also to enhance their abilities. And uh, you know, Samus finds the Phazon eventually at some point in the game. And like that's really where all of Metroid Prime is leading up to is is Phazon is like the big center focal point here. Um, when you first step into it, it, it does damage you, but you eventually do get a, a Phazon suit, which is probably one of my favorite suit designs that Samus has ever been given. Um, but yeah, like just the one thing I cannot gush enough about about this game is just exploration. Like these levels are so brilliantly made. Like nothing feels like you know, it's a waste of time, you know. Plus, I, I don't I don't even hate the fact that you can get lost. Because that's what Metroid's about. Either, yeah. That's what Metroid is all about. Is you go on to these foreign planets and you know you're you're trying to find exactly where it is you're so you, you know where you're going. You all you really know at, at this point is you need your upgrades because that's you know, Samus always gets stripped of our upgrades. I don't know why, but I guess it's like whatever at this point, we're used to it. Um and like they even have like they even like there's they they toss in a couple of like boss battles here and there, and like one thing I like about Metroid is that it appeals to the older the older audience, whereas a lot of Nintendo games, you know, are you know appeal more to like kids. But Metroid is like one of the more mature themed games franchises that Nintendo has, but it it's so accessible. Like if you've ever played a first person shooter, then you know you're gonna be no stranger to how Metroid plays. Yeah, it's almost it's almost kind of doom like. I think I made that comparison with you. Yeah, you um, did. Before. Yeah, I remember that. It, it, it kind of feels like doom. I think it's a good comparison. Honestly, it does. It feels kind of like a more methodical, a more methodically paced zoom. Uh, zoom, doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it feels like a, a much slower paced version of doom, and and I love how the combat feels. It doesn't feel dated at all. It doesn't feel like it's stuck in the early 2000s. It feels like a game that I, you know, that came out in 2023. Um, and I'm with you on the exploration. I didn't even get mad the few times I got lost. I was just like, you know, I obviously wanted to figure out where I needed to go. 
but I also just loved kind of seeing more and more of this planet that I landed on and, and the environments, as you said, very, very well crafted, well created. The, the, you know, the corridors of enemies, they're very well placed. And it's funny, there are so many parts of the map that you don't even notice until you have an ability to get to, yeah. to some of these places. Like, until I had the space boots, I believe it was, I didn't even notice in that one room that there were platforms that led up. I was so focused on what was in front of me, I didn't even notice that there were some platforms that I could now get to that I couldn't before that were there the whole time. I never noticed it just because I was so focused on what was in front of me. So the exploration is great. I think the best part of this game, 100%, the progression. You feel like you are making really good progression every time you find another piece of equipment, whether it's the boost ball, whether it's the charge beam, whether it's the missiles, whether it's the space boots. You feel like everything you find is helping you more and more. You feel like you're becoming more and more badass. And I love that. I love that, again, a game that came out over about two decades ago is still one of the best at progression, and it's still the gold standard of progression because you feel like you don't feel like you get badass just overnight. You get slowly and slowly more badass as it goes, and that's how progression should be done. You shouldn't feel overpowered at any point, and I think that this game nails that. And then obviously, Matt, we have to talk about the boss battles. The boss battles are great. They're they're, they're awesome. I've I've loved them, and I've loved how creative they are. Yep, I I, I do too. Um, there, there's a couple that I can I can think of that I really liked. Um, you eventually encounter something called like an elite pirate, and you know just using your regular your regular blaster isn't going to do much to him. Which is what I like about how the different variety of of uh you know weapons that you get for Samus's handgun. You get the plasma. You'll get the ice uh, ice gun. And then eventually you'll get something that's, you know, the, the plasma gun. So, you, you know, it's like shoot fire. Um, but the boss battles themselves have like a puzzle type mechanic, which it's not just shoot these things. You have to figure out what visor is the best one to use. You have to figure out which weapon is the best one to use. Like one thing that I really did like and which made boss fights a lot easier this time around because I didn't know. I didn't really understand this going in like when I first played the game on the GameCube. But like when you're just using like her regular her regular beam cannon if you hold it down and you hit R, uh, the R1 or whatever, and you shoot a super missile, I always love using the super missiles. And, you know, you get such a low amount in the beginning of the game, but they're hidden all over the place in, in every zone. So finding those uh, and, and finding energy tanks, um, just, just, just part of the exploration, everything is so cleverly hidden. And what I like is that there's always a little cue about where those items are because you'll just hear like this this kind of like, Futuristic sound, so you like you know you, there's an item close by, and sometimes you just gotta like you know put a bomb somewhere or you gotta shoot something specific. Um, but the fact that they used each and every upgrade at some point and they use it in a boss fight, it made everything fresh. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the boss fights I can't really remember all too well. I just remember how much I I really liked fighting in a, uh, an elite pirate or the parasite queen in the beginning of the game, which is like I actually made that a, a a stage in Super Smash Brothers, which is um, where I uh, first remember that from. So yeah, but yeah, there's there's not too many bosses. I mean, there's more like smaller enemies like space pirates. Um, 
those bat things, those spiky things. I, I really hate the fact that I can't remember a lot of the names right now because I'm such a huge Metroid fan, so I'm probably going to like lose a couple of points on my fan card here because I can't remember a lot of the enemies' names. But I, I, I scanned everything, so I I always like to try and get 100% completion by the time I beat the game. Um, but a little bit of a spoiler. Ridley is one of my favorite boss fights once you actually get to that. Meta Ridley, I mean, because it's actually Meta Ridley in this game. But, like, the only time that you can ever hit him is when his mouth is open, and that's when I just would, like, abuse fucking spam missiles, like, when I can. And, um, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a long fight, but it's so much fun. It doesn't feel unfair. And plus, Ridley's theme music is, like, uh, top Metroid music of all time. Can't, can't deny that. So, I, I did like the fact that in a game like this, it's not an overabundance of bosses. Like this isn't Demon Souls, you know. It's not just boss, boss, boss. Like the bosses are, are 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 cleverly placed right before you get an upgrade, so you know that you know I gotta beat this guy, and then I'm gonna get the next upgrade, and I'm gonna make so much progress. Absolutely, I think I think you're spot on there. Absolutely. So Matt, obviously we love this game. Like we love it. It's a great remaster. It's 100% worth the money if you can go out and get it, or if you want to download it. I think that it's 100% worth the money. Do you think this means... Wait, what? Oh, I was saying either way, digital or, oh, yeah. or, or physically. Just okay, just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> just wanted to make sure I heard that right. I was like, okay. But, so my question, I have a couple questions. One, do you think that this makes remasters of the other games likely? Do you think that this means that those are also coming? I want to say yes. Um, I want to say... I. So the the rumors way back then when Metroid Prime was first the, the Metroid Prime trilogy was first rumored was that the first game, um, so basically they originally were going to release Metroid Prime trilogy which was originally on the Wii, um, and then it turned into well Metroid Prime the original game is going to get a remaster but Metroid Prime two and three are just going to be ports. So, but I think that there's a potential possibility with, because from what I've seen, uh, Metroid Prime Remaster has been very successful. Like it's been like number one on the, on the, on the eShop charts for like the first two, three weeks. And I, I don't even think Nintendo was expecting that. So I really hope yeah. that they rethink that because Metroid Prime 2 and 3 definitely deserve this type of attention and this type of remaster because 2 is probably the weakest out of the three because 2 has probably... I would I would say the most repetitive like gameplay as far as like as as far as backtracking goes because I, I I do remember like dropping the controller and and stopping playing the game for weeks because I was just like so I man was word. fucking he was fucking <laughs> over it that's what he was you were fucking I, over it I was I was Metroid Prime Three on the other hand I can't tell you I think that played that game the most i played and beat it the most mostly because i was trying to get the secret ending um plus I, the controls on the wii were fantastic with ir pointer controls and using uh the nunchuck you, you thrust it forward and you can grab like shields off of like space pirates but i i really i really hope that they get the same treatment because metroid prime as a trilogy right now is almost completely flawless so Plus, the it will definitely help build up the momentum to when we eventually get Metroid Prime Four, which was released uh, originally announced almost six years ago. And that was my next question for you: Was do you think that this release and the hype around it, the the good sales that it's done, do you think yeah. this 
maybe pressures Nintendo a little bit to, hey, people want this. Maybe we should make it a priority. Yeah, I Metroid Prime 4, I uh, I honestly feel like is coming out this year because even like roughly right before the direct, before we got, you know, the pre-orders went up for uh, Tears of the Kingdom, that direct, you know, we, we got Tears of the Kingdom, we got the pre-order dates and collector's edition announced. Um, Metroid Prime 4 was also, pre-orders were also going back up for Metroid Prime 4. So that's why a lot of people thought that we were going to see it at this direct. And when we didn't see it, we were kind of surprised. But I do kind of, I, I feel like that Metroid Prime 4 is coming out this year because the original concept of it that was being developed by a completely new studio was completely scrapped because Nintendo didn't like the way things were going. And they put Retro Studios back onto it. And Retro Studios has not released a game since Tropical Freeze on the Wii U back in like, Oh, what year was that? That was that was so long ago. That was almost like nine years ago, something like that. Yeah. yeah, that was the last game Retro Studios released until Metroid Prime Remaster. So they they've had their hands quite full. So I I, I really hope that whatever summer event Nintendo has this year, since you know nobody's attending E3, um, that they are ready to show Prime Four. And I think one thing that is definitely to be expected to show Prime Four, it's going to get a release date, and it's going to be this year. I would be really really excited if that was the case, because you know again I I did not love Metroid Dread. I wanted to. I really did go into that game wanting to love it, but I have absolutely enjoyed playing what I have of this game. Obviously, I've been a little busy, and I haven't been able to play enough of it. And that's going to change. That's going to change. <laughs> I'm going to play more of it. Uh, but I absolutely love this game. I think that this, again, it just jumpstarts what's been, it, it just it, it punctuates what's been a really good start to the year for Nintendo. And Matt, it's not, we're not done yet, because obviously Bayonetta Origins just released as of recording yes. this, uh, you know, a day ago. So yes. we're going to get to talk about that here soon as well. And that's, that, that's doing really well as, you know, it's doing really well critically, just like all the other releases so far this year, your Fire Emblem Engage, Kirby Return to Dreamland, Oxpath 2, Metroid Prime, all of these have done really, really well so far. And again, Tears of the Kingdom is still coming, and there's still so much more that we have no idea about coming later this year. So Nintendo has had a really, really good start to this year. I know that Kyle is going to listen to this episode, and he's going to be mad. He's going to be clenching his fists. He's going to be punching air. And I'm okay with that. I'll say something like Nintendo or something like that. He's gonna Sony say Sony does what, what Nintendo don't. Exactly. And in most years, that would be the case. In most yeah. years, that would be pretty fair. But this year, this year, this year, man, man, Nintendo is on a roll this year as far as the exclusives that have come out. So again, a really good start to the year. Metroid Primary Master is great. I think that's a good spot to go ahead and call this an episode. So that is gonna wrap us up. For our review of Metroid Prime Remastered, you can follow us on Twitter at SideMissionPod. You can also follow us on Facebook at SideMissionPodcast. Major shout out to Tabby, the actor's girlfriend, because she's been doing the recording for these last two episodes. So we really appreciate her helping us out. My laptop is not in nearly a good enough state right now to be able to do it because my sound is fucked up. So thankfully, she's been with us, so we have to shout her out. But for Matt, I'm Rusty. For the two non-existent jackasses, Thanks for listening.